In this episode, I have Hungarian money laundering expert Andras Raxfalvi to talk about the AML scene in Hungary. He's also a fellow podcaster, so we talk about his podcast. This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to the FCPA Compliance Report on the Compliance Podcast Network. The FCPA Compliance Report is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I have with me Andras Bachfalvi. Andras is a fellow podcaster. He's also from Hungary. So I saw a podcast he did with Mikhail Ryder Gordon on Wirecard, and I thought, wow, another podcaster uh, talking about Wirecard, but from Hungary. So I contacted him and asked him if he would uh, come on my podcast. His podcast is called The Different Lines. So I'm just, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you for having me, Tom. Andres, could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? I graduated at the Budapest Corvinus University with a master's degree in economics and soci- uh, sociology. Having the opportunity of getting an insight into sociology, social psychology, the structure and operation of different enterprises and organizations made really a great, great impact on my, on my career. Since 2016, I've been the chief compliance officer of MKB Bank, which is one of the biggest financial institutions in Hungary. And before my present workplace, I worked for the Hungarian Export Credit Agency as a compliance director. Maybe it is also important that I've been the president of the Hungarian Banking Association's AML Working Group since 2016 and the president of the Compliance Working Group since uh, 2018. And I'm also a member of ACAMS since 2016. And, oh yes, and most importantly, I'm, I'm the father of the cutest seven-year-old boy. Well, I'm the father of the cutest 23-year-old girl, so perhaps uh, we've got the boys and girls covered here. Um, could I ask you, Andres, how did you <laughs> uh, initially become interested in compliance? 2010, I joined Constitution Protection Office. Uh, this is one of the Hungarian authorities as an operation officer. I cannot talk about my tasks in detail, uh, but I can share that as an economist, I worked at the Department of Economic Security. And uh, I can tell you that my job was quite fascinating. While working in a military organization, I gained valuable experience and acquired new skills such as discipline and professional humility. Uh, Having this job marked a significant turning point in my career, as this was the place where I first uh, met topics like uh, fighting corruption, unethical business conduct and economic crime, which really captivated me from the beginning. And in the beginning of uh, 2013, the CEO of Exim Bank asked me to bring compliance into existence. And uh, I can tell you that the everlasting romance started. Well, I'm, uh, I'm also uh, in that uh, everlasting romance with compliance myself, so I certainly understand. If I could turn to a phrase I've heard before, but ask you uh, the acronym M. L R O, 
What does that stand for and what role does it fulfill in a compliance program? MLROs, so money laundering officers, are the fundament of the AML risk strategy of a financial, uh, financial institutions. The role involves a high responsibility. MLROs must propose strategic decisions about activities relating to money laundering and financial crime, as well as they have to follow the national and international trends in order to provide adequate AML answers to the changes. Allow me to name four everyday tasks. Regulation. I think it is indispensable to follow the changing acts and constantly monitoring the critical legislative changes. Uh, MLROs should issue circulars to the business uh, relating changes affecting their daily work. It is also very important to participate in projects which have any kind of AMR relevancy like online account opening, online personal loan, whatever. And it is, of course, important to supervise all AMR-related operational tasks. Anders, I was wondering if you could tell us two or three of the top challenges either you faced or really the anti-money laundering compliance profession faces in Hungary today. We do have two national sports in Hungary. The first and the most popular one is football, which we used to play on quite high level. Uh, the second one is tax evasion, and we are still pretty good at it. Uh, Hungary is a cash-intensive country, and despite of the pandemic situation, this behavior didn't change significantly. Um, Three years ago, I, our AML department reviewed the so-called cash-in-back service, and as a result, we identified several clients as risky uh, in terms of this type of service. So the contracts for cash-in-back service with these clients were terminated, and now the AML department reviews the existence of uh, the existing uh, contract, uh, contracts annually. By implementing cash-in ATMs, The personal contacts have uh, decreased and now we have uh, less opportunity to contact directly our customers in order to apply the KYC principle. And it is now more difficult for the branch workers to identify a straw man, just to give you an example. Uh, And we should uh, support our branch workers to, to... So we should support them to to make them know how to handle these kind of customers. And last but not least, it is also important that Hungary's geographic position is favorable for companies from non-EU countries, as Hungary is located on the border of the EU and the East and the West. So uh, it can happen that companies coming from third countries Uh, wants to open an account here in Hungary and uh, step their foot uh, in, 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 in this region. I cannot highlight you enough that uh, MKB, Bank, uh, MKB Bank's non-resident clients always have to prove the Hungarian nexus. So we do not support the establishment of, uh, of customer business relationship with natural persons or legal entities who do not have any Hungarian 
relationship. But I can tell you that the need is there, especially from from Russians. So the um, that's very interesting. Both of the challenges, both on really the local level, and if I could say the the international level as well, is that you and your colleagues see a robust national response to anti-money laundering as critical for the uh, continued business success of uh, in Hungary and attracting mm-hmm. investors from across literally the world. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. So the um, I really also enjoyed your remarks about the second most favorite sport in Hungary and um, the challenge... I like football better, yeah. to be honest. Most of us do as well. But um, in the United States, um, in many ways, we're moving away from a cash economy to either a bank card, in many cases, uh, Apple money or other types of payment systems that consumers are using at businesses, restaurants, etc. And does, does the Hungarian continued use of cash, um, d- does that bring up any problems or issues on the international front or is it really unique to Hungary itself? I don't think it's it's unique to Hungary. It's it's uh it's typically at this region and of course we follow uh the path you mentioned but we still face the problem that uh that there's lots of cash uh in the pockets of of the customers and uh, we have to deal with it somehow from the AML point of view so i think it's a, it's a typical center eastern european issue it's I, I don't think it's typical just to hungary um if we can move to sort of the what i would call the compliance scene in hungary how would you assess uh the current mm-hmm compliance scene, at least around any money laundering compliance as you see it from your position in Hungary? I think there shouldn't be big differences between the assessment itself all around the world because, you know, Hungary is a member of the European Union and as such, we should do almost the same like everyone else in this community which is not surprising because the same EU directive applies to us like anyone else. I think the core component of a strong AML program should be, uh, first, the transparent and clear regulation. Uh, This is very important. Uh, I think the operation of an effective control system is also crucial Uh, So the goal is to create controls that allow the AML area to monitor the full compliance and enforcement of AML measures. I think we should apply the proper KYC principle. This is one one of the most important ones. Though I always say that uh, it used to be KYC, you know, know your customer, but today I... Sometimes I feel it's rather CYA, <laughs> cover your ass, um, what, what we have to do. So it is also uh, important to have uh, full customer due diligence and continuous monitoring of, of the customer relationship. And of course, we should operate an appropriate AML and sanction, uh, sanction screening system. 
But if I should mention just one difference to the others, it would be the fact that, uh, that we should be better and more compliant than the big EU countries, because as a small and economically not so important country, we cannot afford ourselves uh, to make a mistake. Just to give you an example, our common friend Mikhail told me that uh, some colleagues of the German supervisory authority possessed Wirecard shares. It is absolutely unimaginable in Hungary. So the colleagues of the of the Hungarian supervisory authority are strictly forbidden to have any kind of financial instruments and not just the companies they supervise. And they are not just strict to themselves, but they supervise us very rigorously, I can tell I'd like you. to now turn to your podcast, The Different Lines. If I could ask uh, why you started it, who is your audience, who are some of the your favorite guests, and where do you see you and your podcast going forward? In Hungarian, it is called Védelmi Vonalak, so the defense lines. And uh, it is Hungary's first podcast on the control functions in banking, insurance, and corporate sectors. Uh, I started it because there wasn't any like this, and I started it, to be honest, because it entertains me. We covered topics from the field of compliance, anti-money laundering, IT security, fraud prevention, risk management, and internal audit. Unfortunately, I'm not as productive as you are, but I, I, I try to do my best. So I have one or two new episodes uh, in a month. And these are mainly recorded in Hungarian. But to bring uh, international knowledge to the show, every third or fourth episode's language is English. My guests are mainly well-experienced professionals. But I interview also business leaders, CEOs, supervisors and legislators as well. Um, and regarding my audience, I think they came mainly from the banking, insurance and corporate sectors. And uh, let me brag you here a little bit. The average audience is between 500 to 2,000 per episode, uh, which is quite good given the fact that these are mainly in Hungarian and not about puppies or celebrities. So I think the, the, this, this number is, is, uh, is something I'm proud of. Well, you should be because I would be proud of those numbers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really? Those are very good yes. numbers. Because I... I uh, yes, yes. Uh, 2,000 an episode uh, is very good. Th- this was the maximum. Of course, I told my mother and my sister to listen to it, but it is just two. So, <laughs> you know. Well, congratulations. The others must be. Thank you. If I could maybe turn to some questions about the future. And uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you had some really interesting remarks about how the past year of the coronavirus health crisis has not changed uh, the way Hungarians do business. But I wanted to ask, has the pandemic changed the way your bank has had to approach AML compliance or if you have uh, perhaps given a new or different guidance over the past year? The compliance function plays an important role in the institutional realization of prudent operation, even after the declaration of the uh, state of emergency. 
as in carrying out its uh, wide-ranging general tasks. And in sudden and dynamic circumstances, we must demonstrate our ability to adapt quickly, but prudently. Uh, it was quite challenging for us to keep up, keep up with uh, all the new measures introduced by the government, the Hungarian government, to, de to develop uh, forward-looking strategies to identify and manage uh, the emerging risks. Um, we had to be ready to respond to developments in the field of capital markets, to the new challenges of anti-money laundering or the increased role of consumer protection expectations as well. And since compliance is striving to deliver proactive solutions to ensure compliant business processes at all times, we had uh, to keep an eye on the changing international monitoring trends uh, in an uncertain and dynamic regulatory environment and had to find and apply the best market practices. Now, I can proudly tell you that we were successful and I can tell you that we are stronger than ever. Just to give you an example, we had to support creating special working conditions since I'm not just an AML officer, but I'm the compliance officer. I, I, I will give you uh, uh, an example from from a different compliance perspective. So we played an active role to find safe and legally acceptable solutions in respect of home office condition for critical functions of the bank, like treasury trade and treasury sales, with the continuous operation as a top focus. And the demand for the banking sector to play an active role in the mitigation of the negative economic effects of, the, of, this, of this very situation as well as the need for quick and effective adaptation, gave compliance an enhanced importance with the organization. So I can tell you that in, uh, the importance of uh, compliance increased, and, uh, and this is how it should be. Now if I could turn to perhaps five years down the road or even further, what do you think that both financial institutions mm -hmm. and even uh, corporations need to be thinking about regarding AML compliance uh, in 2025 or even beyond? As technology leads the world competition of development, uh, financial institutions face a huge gap in technological tools for the fight against money laundering. The tool that can evolve anti-money laundering uh, activities is uh, artificial intelligence. This humankind logic interface can change the entire role and the structure of an AML department. Uh, one of the most important advantages uh, AI can generate is to monitor customer activity through algorithms rather than using trained employees to undertake these tasks. And uh, I think AI can be particularly useful for detecting unusual single transactions by using systems to build up an image of normal customer behavior and uh, creating an alert when something unusual arises. I think this is the newest level of KYC. And I believe that the field where AI can significantly transform the financial sector is the battle against financial crimes. Uh, it has the potential to reduce the number of false positives in monitoring systems, so the eff efforts of, uh, of human experts could be redirected to other and more productive areas of 
suspicious activity. It is uh, maybe also important to mention that though the communication between FIs, so financial institutions and FIUs, has improved, there's still no official fast and direct uh, communication channel, so it, it must be improved. And uh, my point here is that the single transaction monitoring system would be not enough anymore. So uh, I think we need some better solution. So uh, to sum it up, I, I strongly believe that by combining the right compliance kit with a well-trained compliance department, a company can achieve numerous benefits uh, and can operate towards how, higher productivity and better market performance. So the expectations are high, and I think compliance can support these expectations. Expectations. Unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if any of our audience wanted any more information on the topics you've talked about or uh, if they wanted to check out your podcast, where could they go? Uh, those who are interested in a compliance guy coming from a small but great country uh, can find me on LinkedIn. And uh, my podcast, this uh, Vedelmi Vonalak or the Defense Lines, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and on every similar platform. I'm just, we're going to link to your LinkedIn profile and your podcast in our show notes so our audience can check those resources out. I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me. It's always great to talk to a fellow podcaster. I congratulate you for starting and, and continuing your podcast. And I hope that uh, I might be able to call upon you in the future uh, to discuss the ever-evolving Hungarian AML compliance scene. Of course you can, and uh, I, I can't tell you how, how honored I am for having me here. I'm, I'm, I'm thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report, a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. We have a great new show on the Compliance Podcast Network called Mo Forecast, which is a podcast of the law firm of Morrison & Forrester, hosted by James Kukios. Check that out on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, we have a new podcast, Survive and Thrive, where with my co-host, Courtney Nordrum, we take a look at compliance disasters, some of the lessons learned and red flags missed, plus what you can do to avoid them going forward. I know you'll enjoy this great new series, Survive and Thrive, which posts every other Tuesday on the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.